Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC. An equal housing lender. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. Dan Wolken is not yet abreast to the situation at LSU, but boy, he was plugged into Ole Miss. Funny how that works when somebody's spoon-feeding you information. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Today's guest co-host on Talk of Champions is Brian Scott Rippey at BS Rippey on Twitter. He works for Super Talk Mississippi. And today's guest, Tyrone Nix, Ole Miss outside linebackers coach, former defensive coordinator for Ole Miss. I finally got to ask him the question I've wanted to ask him for years. What the hell happened in the 2009 Egg Bowl? I have needled and continue to needle Kentrell Lockett to this day about the 2009 Egg Bowl. So I asked Tyrone, why couldn't you stop Chris Ralph? And he was a good support about it. He'll come on in about 30 minutes from now. But first, it's Brian Scott Rippey of Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, bud, how you doing? What's up? Not much. I would actually be curious what happened in the Egg Bowl in 2009. Well, I'll go ahead and spoil it for everybody. He was a great sport, a great interview. Can't wait to have him back on the podcast in the future, but... It was more of an acknowledgement that just everybody had a bad day. That was about the extent of it. That was a uh, that was the Chris Ralph game, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the Chris Ralph game. And I wanted to ask Tyrone that specific question: How could you not stop Chris Ralph? What happened? Yeah, it's like they'd never seen the option before. That was such a weird game because, like, offensively, Ole Miss had some. From what I remember, they had some turnovers, but they weren't completely terrible. The defense was just like 2017, 2018-esque in terms of like they literally couldn't stop anyone. I think I rewatched it not too long ago, and I and the defensive performance wasn't all that terrible. Offensively, they were bad. Defensively, though, 
the way in which they were getting beaten, that was the real issue. You kept wondering, what's going on? This team is so much better than Chris Ruff, and yet Chris Ruff comes in looks like a Heisman winner. So it was a close game. It was back and forth. It didn't get away from Ole Miss until the very end of the game. Jevin Snead had terrible interceptions. But, yeah, for a while there, it was back and forth. And defensively, a group that had been so good just couldn't get a stop against this dude. Yeah, and if you actually look back on it too, like not even like you obviously watched the game. I have not watched that game since I was twelve or whatever I was then. But that kind of made Dan Mullen like that was his first year. He had the countdown clock and all that jazz, and then he wins that first game in that fashion and just becomes like the peak chip on his shoulder antagonistic state coach guy. That game yeah. really fueled Dan Mullen heavily. Yeah, the reason I've watched is because I can hold a grudge. I can. I try not to, <laughs> but I can. And I've told this story countless times because Kentrell's co-host of this show. We founded this podcast together. Before the Egg Bowl in 2009, we're in the team meeting room, the old team meeting room at the Manning Center, which was then just the indoor practice facility. And he's standing up there. There, there used to just be this little congregating area around the secretary's desk. And he's standing there with it just like leaned up against the desk. And I go up to him like, man, it's, it's Mississippi State. Are you worried about it? I mean, y'all, y'all going to take care of it? And he looks at me, oh, man, don't worry about it, man. Yeah, we're going to beat them. It's State. Who cares? I'm like, I don't know, dude. State hates <laughs> Ole Miss, and Ole Miss hates State. No, man, you ain't got to worry about State. And the next time I saw him, the next week when he walks in, go, oh, yeah, you didn't worry about State? And I <laughs> held that, and I've still held that for 10 years. You can ask him. He, he mentions it all the time. He's like, you're never going to let that go. No, I'm not, ever. Yeah, that was uh, kind of the beginning of the end for old Houston Dale. Yeah, yeah. So Tyrone Nick's coming up in just a little bit. So what's going on in your Ole Miss world right now? What are you doing? Dude, nothing. It's like struggling to find content season. I know you can probably relate to that, but like baseball season ended. It's kind of weird having just time to do nothing. I know when football starts again, it becomes like an endless an endless roller coaster, but like not a whole lot, man. Playing some golf, napping a bunch. That sounds delightful. What are you complaining about? Yeah, I know. You get in like this routine where you're doing stuff all the time and then like you're not. I keep having to remind myself like, oh, you're going to wish you had this time back in December. Don't ever feel guilty if you take a day to not do anything. If you call into your employer and say, look, I'm on a golf course. You need to take some time for yourself. Yeah, no, that's honestly they're making like I got to take the we got vacation days. But really in this industry, it's kind of a crock. You have this vacation time, but there's like a month and a half window to spend it because you're not taking vacation in like you know, November or football season, and it doesn't really stop after that. Right. If you're covering all sports like you do, football rolls yeah. into basketball, basketball rolls into baseball, and baseball, if they're good, doesn't until June. Yeah. I have to, like, spend all my vacation days except for a couple of the next little bit. So working on that as well. What do you think about all this LSU stuff? It feels like we haven't scratched this. We barely just scratched the surface, to be honest. With the Our Lady of the Lake thing, I think the basketball thing kind of is what it is. I don't think there are any shockers there, but this – this LSU thing is uh, it's not great. I mean, anytime you're taking money from a children's hospital to give to football players, that's usually fairly bad optics, I would imagine. That, I imagine that's a no-no. Um, honestly, like, I hate saying I was surprised by it, but the way that the money exchanged hands and stuff was honestly fairly surprising to me. I was like, this guy ripped off a hospital. That is next-level booster stuff. Oh, no, it's bad. It's really bad. And when I look around – and I survey the landscape of the coverage of this compared to Ole Miss's case, it's not even comparable. From the stuff Dan Wilkins not putting out to Pat Forty's one article about it, on and on down the line, there is a different response to this LSU case than there was to Ole Miss. That's undeniable at this point. And I don't get 
why it's gotten to this point. I don't get why no one's diving into the store so much or why all the Louisiana media who had no problem commenting on Ole Miss's case and having guests on, having Bo Bounds, who apparently is an Ole Miss representative for national radio shows, that you're just not seeing this with LSU. It's, it's the belief that either A, they're going to get away with it, or B, that it didn't happen. It's bizarre. Yeah, so I, we have, we discussed this on our podcast today, and I've, I have a lot of thoughts on this. So, like, the local media here got criticized really badly. And I had, like, an interesting viewpoint on this because I was in student media, and then, like, I left a couple of different times for internships and came back. So I wasn't, like, plugged in the entire time. And, of course, like, the beginning stages was before I started doing this. To me, the local media here got crushed for not covering it. But, like, until you're in that position, like, it's much easier to, to launch a missile from a 1,000 feet away in Louisville, Kentucky, or Atlanta, or wherever Walken or Forty lives than having to be around, like, the people you cover every single day. And I think probably the fund and you would probably uh, – I think you would agree with this. The fundamental mistake Ole Miss Media made around here was that it was blatantly lied to by the football staff, Hugh Freeze namely. But at the same time, what are you going to do? I guess it could have been checked, but like at the time, like the people you get information from are telling you the same thing. What else are you going to do? And so now you're looking at it from an LSU thing and they're not really covering it at all. I don't want to like criticize the LSU local media just because like you've kind of been in those shoes and like it's not an easy thing to, to navigate through. But it is surprising the lack of coverage. The story I read on it was from like the Louisiana like business report. Like it wasn't even like a, a mainstream like sports site. And then the national thing, I think, is mostly the way Hugh Freeze carried himself. Like, if you look at that whole situation, you have to look at it with, like, some nuance. Like, was the entire thing a personal thing against Ole Miss? No. Was some of it a personal thing against Hugh Freeze because of the way he portrayed himself and the way he treated media and the way he acted? Absolutely. So, like, when you have, like, a guy the way Freeze acts, like, it's going to fuel Wilkin and Forty and those guys who, like, are basically like, I hate this guy to kind of find a way and relish in like him, his downfall. And so like if Hugh Freeze were doing this and like, or I say Edwards Ron was like doing like the Bible verse thing and talking about how much better he was than you and stuff like that, it'd probably be a little different response. If Edward Ron were questioning people's core values, then maybe there'd be a different <laughs> response. There's a lot of truth to that. Dan Wilkin would go on radio shows. He went on Bo Bounds one time and called me out by name unprovoked. There was this response that the national media had for local media that we weren't doing our jobs. It wasn't for a lack of trying. We certainly tried to cover it the best we could. I remember Ross Bjork is gone. He's gone to Texas A&M. Not everybody knows that, but it was, I want to say, August. And the immunity interviews, the news hadn't come down yet. All of these rumors were out there. There were different sides pulling out different information, all competing sides like a Steve Robertson who had his own motives for why he was doing what he was doing. He hates Ole Miss. He wanted to take Ole Miss down. Dan Walken finally having some sources because Thomas Mars was manipulating him and using him to push his agenda-driven drivel. Pat Forty getting his rocks off, just smashing Ole Miss and hating Hugh Freeze. And I, whatever, man, I get it. But you were hearing these things, these different things that sounded bad. And I remember I went to Ross Bjork and I said, hey, man, what's going on? Are you hearing this, this, and this? And he said, Ben, honest to God, if they're investigating anything other than Laramie Tunsil on draft night, we don't know about it. And so that's what I said on the podcast. I came on and said, hey, if they're investigating anything other than Laramie Tunsil on draft night, Ole Miss doesn't know about it. And sure enough, 
they were investigating the other things. They expanded their investigation. Now, that's an issue with the NCAA investigative group that expanded that investigation without notifying Ole Miss, completely going against their own bylaws. And yet the story was, oh, local media screwing up. I had one person text me. I'll say it. Who cares? It was Steve Robertson texting me, had the audacity to text me and said, quote, no hard feelings in the text. My text back was because I have a tendency to pop off a little bit expletive laced <laughs> and effectively told him, yeah, don't ever text me again. And I hadn't heard from him since. It just goes to show you there's this idea out there that there's this grand conspiracy that all the Ole Miss media were involved in this as well. They were part of this grand cover-up. Here, you don't see any of that. There isn't that same vitriolic, angry pursuit of this case. There's no motivation from Dan Wilkins. It's because it's Ole Miss. LSU's a blue blood. LSU's a blue blood. And Ole Miss is Ole Miss. And Ole Miss, how dare it get to a place where it's competing, even though all the inducements together came out to roughly $16,000, and they've been punished by the millions I guess what would bother me, and I say you guys got a bad rap because I wasn't really like around. Like I was around for the end of it, but again, I was not either not in college or just barely in college when the, when the kind of the thick of it was happening. And so, like, I feel like you guys caught a bad rap in the sense that you guys tried to cover, you guys did cover it, and then you guys tried to dig up information and find it, but you were getting it from the same people. I would presume we are similar people that you talk to every day about just stuff around the football program. That's right. And of course. They're going to tell you what, you know, Hugh Freeze obviously had a very, very uniform message he wanted to get out. And I guess the mistake there is like, you know, you believe the people you'd been talking to for the last, you know, decade or however long you've been around. And up to that point, there was no reason to believe that what we were being told wasn't true. I don't think there was an intent to lie. I think there was an intent to soften the blow as much as possible. I give these people the benefit of the doubt. While Thomas Mars would use a Dan Walken to trumpet what he wants out there. Why would he use me? Why would I communicate with Thomas Mars? Every person involved in this had something they were pushing towards someone. And right. from the Ole Miss media perspective, it was the Hugh Freezes and Ross Bjorks. From Dan Walken, it was Thomas Mars. He wasn't a shining beacon of truth and honesty and good reporting during that whole thing. He was simply the mouthpiece for Thomas Mars. And as he proved with the Tennessee stuff, he was the mouthpiece for the Tennessee AD who was trying to have a PR campaign when they were trying to hire, um, God, what's his name? Greg Schiano. So to pretend as if we were the bad guys, we got wrapped up in the whole anger of the national media and of rival people who just absolutely hated Ole Miss, which is fine. That part of it is where it was an attack on Ole Miss because they hated Ole Miss. But I agree with you. Uh, a lot of it had to do well, with the way Hugh Freeze handled himself. And to feel as if the truth was not necessarily glossed over, but so much is stretched out to fit a particular cushy type of landing spot for Ole Miss. We'll get right back to Rippy, But first, let's talk about Modern Woodman. The podcast brought to you by Thomas Chandler, your Modern Woodman representative. It wasn't so long ago. I'm talking a couple of months where financially I needed some help. Not that I was struggling, but getting my finances in order, organizing my money so that I'm in the best position for retirement, preparing for college for my kids, and everything else. I'm sure most every one of you can relate. And that's why you should do like me and contact Thomas Chandler today. He's your local Modern Woodman representative, and he'll get you right for retirement or savings or whatever you need. He's done it for me. He'll do it for you. What does Modern Woodman do, though, you might ask? 
financial security for you and your family through life insurance, financial planning, and financial services, quality family life through member benefits and local fraternal activities, and community impact through volunteer projects that make a difference where members live, work, and play. It's time to get rid of your financial burden. Contact Thomas Chandler, 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Or you can check him out at www.modernwoodman.org. www.modernwoodman.org. That's Thomas Chandler, your Modern Woodman representative. Yeah, and the reason I was saying that in terms of like you guys catching a bad rap, because what is you... You would almost, in terms of not getting the rap, you would have been better off doing what seems to be happening at LSU right now. And what happened at Missouri is sticking your nose in your ears and sticking your fingers in your ears and pretending it doesn't exist. Because you would imagine instead of like digging up and trying to figure out what was happening from an inside the football program perspective, if you don't do anything and pretend it doesn't exist, the information just seeps out on its own. And you guys, your your hands are kind of clean of it. So it's like almost like if you had tried less, like it would have turned out better, I guess. I mean, none of this really matters as far as like a, Not like a rep standpoint. No, none of it matters. But you, you get what I'm saying. Like your hands would have been cleaner if you'd have done what they had done. I mean, Missouri is like the the like beacon of a J school. And they had a like fairly major sanctions that just kind of popped out of nowhere one day. No one covered that thing. No, and there wasn't this crucifixion of those local media reporters as if they were the ones that were part of the conspiracy. There isn't the same anger out there that there was for us. So it was funny. I was sitting by myself at home. My wife and kids were at the beach. So I had plenty of time to stew in my own filth and my own thoughts, my stupid, stupid thoughts. And I checked Twitter. I tried to avoid it as much as I could this weekend. I get a mention on Twitter over the weekend and I wasn't active on Twitter. I wasn't active at all. I'm trying to take the next month and actually just enjoy my weekends. I'll work during the week like a normal person, take my weekends. It's a novel concept, I know. But I'm sitting there. I know, I've been doing the same. <laughs> but I'm sitting there on Twitter, and I read a mention, and someone wanted to know my thoughts on the LSU stuff. And I had a lot of time in the quietness of my solitude to think about this. And <laughs> it's so stupid, but it's kind of pseudo-philosophical. This is what it really comes down to for me. <laughs> It's going to sound like some trippy pothead, but this this is honestly how I felt about it. I'm looking forward to this. Okay. In the grand plan of the cosmos, most, (laughs) if not all of us, are inconsequential. Whether you're like religious or not, we're here by chance, unless you believe that the time mommy and daddy did the no pants dance in the urinal at the Fleetwood Mac concert was ordained by God. We're here by chance. All right. But you were just the soldier that broke through the wall. All your daddy's other little soldiers, they uh they washed out on the beaches of Normandy. None of us want to confront that reality and we're already scared of death. So rather than stare into the endless void of space, we throw ourselves into different things that give us a sense of purpose and meaning. Like I believe in God, but other people don't. And other people believe in other deities, and that's okay, because I don't pretend to know for sure 100% what happens when we return to dust. So my family gives me purpose, my job gives me purpose, but the Braves give me a lot of purpose, and that's sad. My day's better when they win. Maybe you like to work out. I don't, whatever. Whatever your thing is, hiking. Yep, big leg day guy here. (laughs) Building model airplanes. I know what motivates Rippy. We're not going to talk about it, but a lot of things. (laughs) 
kind of pity Dan Wilkin at this point. Because what the LSU revelations for Dan have proven is he's been betrayed by the one and only thing that gives him any purpose. His job as a national columnist for USA Today, a title he'll gladly remind you of as often as possible. He did it on this podcast. He doesn't have sources. He's never had sources. He's never broken a shred of news unless it was spoon-fed to him by conniving manipulators like Thomas Mars or the Tennessee AD. Anyone out there, here's a challenge from Ben Garrett on Talk of Champions. Go out there and try to find a single breaking news story written by Dan Wolken in the last, I don't know, three years that wasn't agenda-driven drivel pushed on him by Thomas Mars or the Tennessee AD, whoever. And he willfully did that betting, and the reason simple. His existence is his whole job, man. He felt like he mattered for a minute during the Ole Miss investigation, and state fans filleted him on social media. He was asked to come on radio shows. He was on this podcast. He felt like he mattered. College sports are tribal, and because we're all searching for these answers in the universe that offers none, we're all insecure jumping on Twitter and Facebook and whatever to blast our stupid, useless thoughts into that void, hoping that somebody will valid- validate our existence with like a like or something. And that was Dan Wolken. So that's how I feel about it. So I don't care whether this actually happened or not, but I'm just going to picture you like sitting on your living room at like two in the morning thinking about this and then just writing this entire plot down on a piece of paper and be like, this is it. This is why we're all here. This is why we're all in existence. <laughs> I've thought about it for two days, and I promised there was no writing anything down. I didn't put together a novel at six this morning. Those are just the thoughts and ruminations of a sleep-deprived degenerate. I've battled insomnia for two days, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I agree with uh, most of most all of what you said. And I will say this, from like an LSU local media standpoint, there's still time to cover this. Like This is still a new story, and it, it at least seems like the surface hasn't been scratched. And I'm not necessarily accusing them yet of really just like sticking their fingers in their ears because they have covered the, the Will Wade thing. They got a lot going on down there right now. I'm just saying in the sense that like once you've like kind of been around something like that, like you're you're slower to criticize, I think. And that may be what's being discovered here because this is a big story. And between that and the basketball thing, those people got a lot going on down there. I'll never, ever criticize any of the people in the LSU beat. Not only are a lot of those people my friends – but I've been there. I sympathize with their plight. I don't envy their position. That, that's kind of the gist of it for me. I've been through the struggle. I know the struggle is real. And they don't have a Texas A&M beat writer needling them or making it his life's mission to bring down LSU because that's what he's motivated by. And it goes back to the whole stupid rambling point I'm making here. That right. You know, Steve Robertson, his entire purpose and meaning is hating Ole Miss. He's built an entire brand on it. Brand. It's a cult. Not all a state is a cult. Not all a state is a cult. It's it's that faction, though. If he said drink this, they'd drink it. Um, So, so, but to that point, I feel like particularly media people around here, it's not so much like, oh, look, LSU media is not covering it. That's not necessarily what I I think anyone's saying. It's like they're not being criticized like the local media here was criticized. And it's kind of like – why is that? So it really all goes back to the national thing. There's OSU guys do a wonderful job. Like you said, I do have a bunch of or a couple friends down there. I like those people. I don't, like it's it's not necessarily directed at them. It's just kind of funny how they're 
like the local media hasn't been criticized as fast as the local media here was. And yeah. I think that all goes back to the national thing like you were talking about. So, yeah, it's it's it. There's a lot going on there. And I think more is going to come out. I don't think this I think this is just the surface, because if you're giving Cam Newton money to an offensive lineman through a hospital, what else, what do you think else was going on? Every school cheats. Sure. I don't even like to say cheat. It's not cheating because it carries a negative connotation. It's not cheating. The NCAA rules were created to suppress the workforce and keep cheap labor in place in order to line the pockets of old crusty millionaires. Schools aren't cheating. Student athletes are just getting what they're owed. What's crazy about that stuff too is it's like like you like I like, like you just said I don't like to call it cheating. I think that's a perfect example because yes, is a lot of the money motivated to trying to get kids to come win football games. Yeah, sure. For your favorite school. Yeah, sure. But there's also a lot of like goodwill in it. Like it's people buying these kids meals and letting them stay on couches to like genuinely try to help them and their family. And it gets branded as cheating. That's the great irony in all this. I'm not going to pretend it's all pure and it's all just like, yeah, we really want to help this kid out. Like if he's not running a four or five forty, he's probably not getting your attention. But at the same time, like there is some genuineness to it, but it gets labeled as cheating. It's not. Che- it's cheating in the minds of Dan Wilkin, Pat Forty. And I, do I think it was some grand conspiracy all against all this? No, it was just treated differently because there's a belief, a widely accepted belief that Ole Miss is not a blue blood. It's not LSU. Ole Miss can't be getting these prospects because Ole Miss is in this particular station. LSU is here. Knowing that every school skirts the dumb rules of the NCAA was always my main frustration with the way the Ole Miss investigation was handled. It was the righteous indignation of Wolken and Forty and Pete Thamel about big bad Ole Miss, of which, again, the most serious infractions levied against it had to do with loaner cars and kids sleeping on couches. And you will say, oh, the academic stuff from 2004 or whatever it was, that had nothing to do with Hugh Freeze, and yet it was rolled into this to make it more than it was. The total amount of inducements in the two NOAs came out to roughly $16,000, and Ole Miss was punished by millions. Yet here's an LSU booster stealing money from needy kids and funneling hundreds of thousands of dollars to LSU players. It's all right there. In report after report, there's admitted guilt. It's black and white. There's no need for coercing a kid from a rival school to puzzle piece together a predetermined outcome. Yet there's nothing from Dan Walken, not a thing. He hasn't had time, he said, to familiarize himself with the situation. He's the national columnist for USA Today, right? The biggest story in college football is right in front of your face, champ, and you just admitted to not doing your job, and you wonder why people mock you. And it was that. It just I feel like there's a way in these situations where – Way the way the coach handles media, particularly when it's under scrutiny and there's a lot more national media around, I feel like the way coach handles people like that and the media in general can serve as a buffer. And Hugh Freeze was the exact opposite of that. He poured gasoline on the fire, and so it was just like this perfect just shit storm. Yeah, for for the lack of a better phrase, that's what I mean. It was a perfect storm, like you mentioned earlier. There were so many different motivations, so many people pulling at it from all angles. And then freeze his ear in the middle. Instead of trying to put water on it, he's throwing gasoline and trying to cover the entire thing up. Like it, it, he did not help himself out at all. And it's just, it's wild. I mean, college athletics. So he, I, it's people, dumb. It's, college it's sports. Shame. People get mad when I say that because obviously we make money off of covering it. But like, I feel like both can be true. It's, it's, 
It's a crock. Like what professional sports team do you have where like, like go look at the paid staffs at Alabama compared to Ole Miss and Mississippi state. Like find me, like it makes European like FIFA soccer look like a straight shooting organization. Like it's, it's, it's laughable. I love my job. I got a great job and I enjoy the people I work around. I I genuinely do. I, I enjoy sitting in the press box and making fun of Rippy and poking at Chase and getting a kid, a poor kid from the student media center kicked out of the press box because I use bad language sometimes. And it just, it emboldened him <laughs> to start. I mean, when I'm uncomfortable by what somebody's saying, which is really hard, if not impossible to do, a line has been crossed. He crossed the line and we had to tell the uh, nice SID at baseball, Alex Sims, like, Alex, man, you have to do something here. <laughs> Poor kid. It, that anyway. kid saw your wavelength and was like, I want to go even higher. It just trumped it. <laughs> it was, it was, I've earned that. I've been on this beat for 11 years. I've been here for 11 years covering this team. Me and Chase are the old heads. We're in our 30s. And we're the old people with Parrish in the press box. It's hilarious. So there's a little bit of seniority there where I can say some things and get away with it. People go, oh, that's just Ben being an idiot. And this dude came in. I don't want to use his name. He, he seemed like a nice enough kid. But How do you remember his name? I don't either. But man, I'm losing my point here. College sports are tribal. That people will go online. What Twitter's done because we're all searching for some sense of purpose. They're, they'll go on, online on Twitter, on Facebook, and they'll blast their thoughts and hope someone will validate their existence with a like or a retweet. And they'll say how Ole Miss football is this or how LSU is being mistreated or why Dak Prescott is the greatest Cowboys quarterback of all time. And Ben, how dare you criticize him? And best believe my school doesn't cheat, but yours does. My side's right. Yours is wrong. We're the good guys. You're the bad guys. Before we get to that answer from Brian Scott Rippey, got to take a minute real quick to talk about the Oxford Park Commission because registration for the 2019 fall youth soccer season in the Oxford Park Commission has begun. Cost to take part, just $50. Leagues are for both girls and boys, and they're based on birth year. The season will run August 19th through October 3rd, and all games are played at the state's top-rate facility, FNC Park. For more information, visit www.oxfordparkcommission.com. That's www.oxfordparkcommission.com. You don't want to miss registration. It's only 50 bucks. All you got to do, go to www.oxfordparkcommission.com. Oh, if we're if we're doing the social media rant today, it's the same thing with the outrage stuff. Have you seen the 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 Louisville pitcher who like gave the double yes. fu to the guy when he struck a strike, which was yeah. awesome, by the way. Well, like come to behold, the next morning I had a couple of people text me like Colin wanted to talk about this on the podcast today, and I'm not picking on Colin at all. Like it's it was a worthy topic, but he's like people were mad, and I was like, are people really mad, or did 25 dickheads with Twitter accounts just look for something to be offended? And it somehow becomes a story. We just validate the average Joe's opinion yes. now if they're outraged about something, as if that matters. Like I was like. Colin, whatever dude you were arguing with on the internet, 20 years ago, if he doesn't have a Twitter account, you don't know who he is, and you damn sure don't care what his opinion is. So is this really people being outraged, or is it just 25 people looking to be miserable online, and you're validating it? Yeah, and that's my whole point. None of this stuff matters. It's college sports. It doesn't matter, but we make it matter. And we all have our own personal motivations for why we make it matter. 
I've been on this rant for literally like three weeks now because it seems like a bunch of stuff has popped up about it. But it's it, you can throw social media and Twitter and all that and stuff that doesn't matter too because like it was like the U.S. Women's National Team when they uh, when they beat that team whatever it was I don't watch soccer but it was thirteen to nothing and they were like dancing and like the story the next day on Hot Take Radio was like people were uncomfortable or upset with them dancing like find me one person that was actually upset about that turned the TV off and said nope days ruined soccer's done. That really just chapped my ass. No one said that. It didn't actually bother anyone. It's all fake and it's all made up. Tim Anderson pimps a home run and he's not respecting the game. Marcus Stroman goes six scoreless against the Red Sox on Sunday. He strikes out the last battery faces in the sixth. He yells toward the Red Sox dugout. And Dennis Eckersley says that his antics are tired. Dennis Eckersley, who would stare down dudes after he struck them out, Dennis Eckersley, who was known for his on-the-mound antics and getting mad and being competitive and talking crap, he's saying that Marcus Stroman's antics are tired. No, he just had a pretty incredible feat of physical accomplishment, and he's celebrating it. I don't know why that's so bad, but it became this thing. Dennis Eckersley is a Red Sox, and he was mad. The thing that gives him purpose made him upset because they were losing. And he got mad at Marcus Stroman, and he tried to make it a thing, which is what this is. It's the same thing. It's serious. It's it's serious for LSU because of the way of of what the the way in which they funneled this money to these players. It's bad. It's not a good thing. This is tax evasion. This is a lot of different. You you got you best believe LSU. The parties involved knew that if they went through the charity. It's tax-free. They can do what they want. They can just give the monies and funnel it to the players. And they found a willing participant in the booster to do it. I, I don't believe that players shouldn't get paid. I believe every player should get paid. The black market is what it is and created by the rules in which Dan Wilkin and them want to conveniently enforce or criticize or attack or cover depending on their own motivations, like with Ole Miss, as you mentioned, hating Hugh Freeze or – thinking Ole Miss doesn't belong in this place. None of us really know what we're doing. (laughs) Mark Emmert's son-in-law is an LSU guy. They'll probably skate. Who knows? The NCAA can do whatever it wants. But none of us know what we're doing. We're all just trying to figure it out just like everybody else. All you can really do is try to be respectful to people and be consistent as a human being and not try to be a jerk as often as you can, which I fail at all the time. Dan fails all of them every day. And he does it when he turns his stupid trigger fingers into Twitter fingers and says stupid things. <laughs> I, I haven't familiarized myself, and thank you for telling me it. I think it's comical that you can uh, tell me when I should cover things. You told me for six years what I should be doing. You called me out unprovoked on radio by name. But that's it. I don't know how we got to this point, but here we are. You didn't know you were be talking about this on Monday. <laughs> talking about existence and God and grace. Our purpose in life. Now I'm going to spend the rest of the day trying to figure out my purpose in life. I think it's to drink Red Bull beer and give hot takes. What do you that, think? That sounds kind of fun, actually. That's a, that's a great thing. <laughs> if yeah. I ever go off the grid, no one come looking for me. I'm happy. Going now, finally, to the Cheney's Pharmacy phone line to speak to Ole Miss outside linebackers coach Tyrone Nix. This is Talk of Champions. 
For all your pharmaceutical needs, Cheney's Pharmacy is the place to go. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally-owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. So give them a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online at Cheney's Pharmacy. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Joining me now on the Cheney's Pharmacy phone line is Ole Miss outside linebackers coach Tyrone Nix. Ty, it's been a while now since you've been back. How you doing? How you settled in? How's everything been? Uh, ben, it feels like, uh, you know, I never left. This place has continued to show love and, you know, the Ole Miss spirit, it continues to grow. And the things that Coach Luke is doing with the program and the direction we're heading in and recruiting, you know, we just headed on the upward bound, and uh, I'm excited like I don't know what to get back on the field. When you left, a couple of your defenses were some of the best Ole Miss ever had as far as talent is concerned. What does this team look like in comparison to those teams? You know, every defense will form its own identity. Uh, I do think we have some talented kids here. Uh, my first couple of years here, we had one of the top defenses in the SEC, and then we didn't finish so well. Um, I think this group has a chip on their shoulder and feel like they have a lot to prove. And uh, we have some guys, we just have to stay healthy, but we do have some talent, some key talent in critical positions on defense. Have you changed much since you left? It seems like you've softened a little bit, Ty, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> no, I, I tell you what I've done. I've tried to humble myself in certain ways and you know, uh, not having the success that you're accustomed to will do that as, as, in times. And Also, I, I matured more, but I understand this. Players win games and coaches give you a chance to be in the right place. And uh, I'm, I'm more of a team guy, I'm more of a company guy. Of course, I'm not in the leadership position that I was before. And uh, some of those things, I just handle my role to the best of my ability. But, you know, some things are still inside of me and they'll come out at time to time and I think I still coach with the same passion. I'm just a little bit better at getting my message across. Yeah, that intensity is something that was your brand, man, when you were here. You, the, the guys <laughs> knew uh, when Tyrone was mad, when he was happy. You still had the same kind of vibe either way, but they knew the intensity every single day. This team, it seems like, is embracing that intensity, not just with you, but with Rich Rod and Mike McIntyre. The vibe and the way in which these guys attack work seems to be different. Do you see that too? Well, I do. I think there's no days off. You either get better or you get worse. And these guys understand the importance of every opportunity. You know, it's only 24 hours in a day. And if you don't maximize those opportunities, you can never get them back. And that's one thing that we emphasize to these guys. We can be as good as we want to be. No one dictates uh, can write our own narrative other than ourselves. So if we want to be the type of defense that we expect to be and that we want to be, we got to go put in the work and punch the clock, and then good things will happen on Saturdays. When you came into Ole Miss the first time, that team, a good collection of talent, hadn't dealt with winning before. How do you teach a team how to win? This program has been through a couple of rough stretches. So how do you teach a group that's not accustomed to winning how to get over that hump? Well, I think it starts with coaches who had success. I think we have confident coaches here who have won and have won on a high level. It starts there, and um, we have a proven track record. The next thing is getting the kids to understand the buy-in to all 11. It's not an individual sport. It's all 11 guys pulling for each other, pulling in the same direction, giving everything they have within their, their heart, body, and soul 
to one single cause on one single day. And I think once you get those things uh, established, they don't want to let each other down because at the end of the day, they play for themselves. They play for the, the Ole Miss Rebels. They play for the tradition of the land shark and everyone else who have put on the Ole Miss uniform. So I think they have a lot of expectations to live up to, and they don't want to, to let those people down. Tell me about the outside linebackers, your group in particular. What do they look like? How have they changed since you got on campus their spring ball and now through the summer? What's been your overall impression so far? You know, I think I have a talented group, uh, starting with Kadir Shepard. He's a guy that's played a lot of football. He's probably been a little more inconsistent throughout his career. But this spring, he, he didn't miss a day of practice. He tried to get better every day with reps. He's a guy with a lot of intensity and plays with a lot of passion. And I think if we can discipline him to to be the consistent player that he can be, we're going to see a, maybe an all-conference-type performance out of him this season. Sam Williams is a junior college guy that came in with uh, big aspirations, and he's shown it. He's shown that he is a talented young man. And, you know, from our first practice to our spring game, he, he probably made the biggest jump of anyone on our defense. And I'm really proud of Sam and the way he's maturing. He just got to continue to push himself at a high level because this is the toughest level of football other than the NFL, the SEC West. You know, year in, year out, week in, week out, you better bring your A game. He has to get that understanding under his belt. Charles Wiley, he may be one of the best leaders on our defense. He's a guy that leads by example, but he also is vocal. Uh, He'll have a role and he'll make a big impact at some point throughout the season. I expect him to be in a rotation, and, and I've been happy with Chuck. He's probably the most physical outside linebacker that we have. And then I have a young guy by the name of Luke Knox that, you know, of course we know his brother's story, and I hope that Luke has the same type of success, but maybe we can have him having that a little bit sooner, more as a freshman and a sophomore, but he's working hard. He's really a talented kid. He's gotten his weight up to close to 230 pounds. And and he wants to he wants to prove that he can play. And you know I'm excited about Luke and the progress he's made. And the last guy is Brennan Williams. Brennan have, he was up and down throughout the spring, but the biggest thing about Brennan his confidence has grown now that he understands the job specs of playing outside linebacker in in, in disregard to uh, defensive end. And he made a lot of improvement. If if Sam wasn't the most improved, Brennan would be. And uh, I, I like my group. I like the group of guys that I'm coaching. Uh, I do have a, a couple of other guys that I didn't mention that uh, will probably be more special teams guys possibly. But those are the guys that's going to get majority of the reps this fall. When I talk to any type of coach, and I've been doing this for a while now, they all say you see a sense of urgency from a junior, from a senior, when that finality, when that end game is about to arrive. Either you're going to make it, you're going to sink or you're going to swim, you're going to go to the NFL, or your career is going to be over. With a guy like Kadir, does that play into it a little bit as far as attacking the day-to-day? You know, it does because they realize this is their last opportunity. I think when a guy makes it to this point in their career, heading to their senior season, they try to go out with no regrets and give it all that they have from uh, all the commitments and all the expectations that they came to this university with. You know, the game has changed a little bit now, being where, you know, you would think some of them would wait to their junior year, but you see guys coming out as early as their sophomore and junior year. So some guys mature a little faster and make that step a little quicker where they may enter the NFL. But the guys who do remain throughout their career, the entire four or five years, whatever it may be, 
once they get to the very end, they realize there's no more second chances, so they make every rep count. Because the NFL is a hell of a motivator, especially from a coach, knowing that you're going to be the one in communication with NFL teams when they call about a particular player. So for you, what does a player have to do every single day? What criteria does he have to meet in order for your conversation with an NFL team about that player, if they're interested in him, to be a positive one? Well, you know, I think it starts off with uh, their character. But other than that, their resume. And their resume is how they come to work every day. How do they approach class? How do they approach the weight room? How do they approach the practice field? And ultimately, how do they play on game day? You know, we can say all we want, but they go always check the film to see if it matches. And the thing that I've always done is been honest with the players that I coach and with the scouts and the NFL people that may come through. What you see is what you get. And I want to tell you a little bit about every aspect of them, but the film ultimately is going to do all the speaking. When you remember your old players at Ole Miss, be it 40 or Greg Hardy or Jarrell Poe, what guy got a bad report from Tyrone Nix and why? <laughs> oh, I won't say that. I don't know if any of them got a bad report. They probably got an honest report. And uh, <laughs> some didn't probably like the report that they received, but uh, that was the life that they chose to live and the production that they uh, you know, put on the film. I tell you, one of the guys that I was most proud of was like Jamarcus Sanford. He was a guy that uh, when I first came here uh, had played some, but you know, he took the bull by the horns and he said, hey, guys, listen to these men. They know what they're talking about. We need to do what our coaches say. And he wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid to step out and lead the group. And, of course, he brought along with him Parade Jerry. And, you know, next there was a, uh, a Kendrick Lewis and a Marche Green. And, and all it takes is one key leader to rally the group. And all the other guys buy in. And it's, it's an easy sell. Those guys were fun to watch. And uh, to see them mature and go on and play professionally, and some still playing to this day. I think when I left, when I left the university, we had a bunch of young guys who didn't understand the expectations, such as the Sinquist Ghosting, C.J. Johnson, or Cody Pruitt. But those guys finished with a great career. So you know, sometimes the younger guys develop and mature a little later in their careers. Where I think we got a good mixture. We have a lot of mature guys, or guys who played a lot up front and some inexperienced guys at certain positions. But all in all, I think we have a good group of guys. All right, I could give you Marche Green or the field as far as the most competitive dude you've coached. He's got to be up there. No doubt about it. Marche Green brought it every day. He had a passion for practice, just like he did the game. And he was one of the funnest guys to coach. Actually, he was a receiver uh, when I first came here. And I asked Coach Nutt, can I have him on defense? It's something about this kid that I love. He's contagious. He brings energy, he has juice, and uh, he's going to make us better. And little did we know he would have a career like the way he did as a punt returner, as a defensive back. You know, and pound for pound, probably one of the toughest guys I ever coached. But uh, he was fun to watch play. Here's the deal about Marche, though. He was more of a hype man for Mike Wallace than anything else. He's the one that talked all the crap to me when I said I was good at Madden, and then Mike Wallace beat me by like 60 playing the game. He told me straight up it was going to happen, and it was true. Marche always liked to yap. That was the big thing. No doubt about it, but he would back it up. You know, oh, he would yeah. get up there, and uh, I can remember the biggest game other than the Cotton Bowl when Marche made the interception and returned the punt or whatever it may be for a TD. His next biggest game was against LSU that season. We played him at home, and it was a game that came down to the fourth quarter the last few seconds, but Marche had played so well and he jumped an out route 
that they had thrown a majority of the game and they did an out and up. And you can see the eye, the look in his eyes like, Coach, I let you down, but I promise you we will win this game. And little behold, at the end of the game, he makes one of the biggest plays in the game. And, you know, he didn't bat an eye. I was really proud of him or the way he matured and the way he, he, he represented Ole Miss football. Kentrell Lockett's co-hosted this show countless times. He actually helped me found this podcast years back. And he always tells Greg Hardy stories. And one of the Greg Hardy stories was that during a practice week, he said, I, I just want to go to Disney World, did Greg? He left, he disappeared, he comes back with Mickey ears. Is Greg Hardy the eclectic personality as he is described by both Forty and Poe? Was he a, was he a mess? <laughs> I don't know. Greg, you know, he, he's a... Uh... He's a he's a book that's still writing his final chapter, and, and every page of it is, uh, you know, it gets wilder and wilder. But he was a talented kid who made a lot of plays. You know, the thing that I can say about Greg is Kentrell Lockett and Greg Hardy probably made two of the biggest plays in the game that we won no down doubt. in the swamp when Tebow made his big speech. Uh, Greg had relentless effort throughout the day and rushing a passer, and Kentrell Lockett, a guy who took no plays out off mentioned, he said, coach, I can block one of these extra points. And I said, well, do it then. He said, I won't get one before the night. So he said that he said that you said that to him. He he looked at you and said, I can get one of these. And you said, well, then do it then. That's what he, that's the story tells. (laughs) Well, I did. And, you know, he did, he backed it up and, you know, we didn't know that was going to be the difference in the game, but it was a huge block. And, and you know, Kentrell will always stand out in my mind as a guy who got the most of his ability, you know, who was undersized and didn't have the name of the Greg Hardys, but he was a productive football player. He was fun to coach. He was fun to be around. And he'll always have a special place in my heart from the way he played and, and that extra point alone. I needle them all the time. And now that I've got you on the podcast, I have to ask you, I go up to Kentrell in the old team meeting room before the Mississippi State game in 2009. I said to him, 40, kind of worried, man. It's Mississippi State. And he brushes me off. Ah, don't worry. We're going to beat Mississippi State. It's just Mississippi State. They're nothing. Well, lo and behold, Ole Miss loses the Egg Bowl and Chris Ralph runs wild. What happened? Why couldn't Ole Miss stop Chris Ralph? We'll get that answer from Tyrone Nix, Ole Miss outside linebackers coach, in just a second. But first... Real quickly, wanted to tell you about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. And I'm not going to take long, but this is a testimonial. My wife's expedition was on its last legs. I was tired of pouring money into a car that I didn't know how much longer it was going to last. So I went over to Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Called him up first and said, guys, this is what I'm looking for. I'm accepting my lot in life. I am now a van dad. I need a minivan. Brian says, Ben, no problem. We've got the perfect car for you. It was a 2019 Chrysler Pacifica. And I know what you're thinking already. Wait, that probably cost you an arm and a leg. Your monthly payment has to be through the roof. Nope, they fit my budget. I didn't think I could afford that van, but they gave me a good fair trade in value for the expedition. And my monthly payment is better than I could have ever imagined as far as fitting into my monthly budget. I show up, it was waiting for me at the door. Mason opens up the door. I look inside, loaded up, leather, Sirius XM radio, Bluetooth, CarPlay, everything I was looking for in a car. I didn't even have to walk around the lot. Didn't have to do anything. And it's not just because they support this podcast. It's not just because they sponsor this podcast that they set that up for me. That's the experience it can be for you. So if you're looking for a seamless car buying process, there's no other place to go. 
Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. And right now they got deals going on. If you're looking for the car, the truck, the Jeep that fits your family, that's exactly what you're looking for. I was looking for a Chrysler Pacifica. I got it. This is the only place to go. So go check them out. It's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. They're at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's just past Kroger. You can give them a call at 662-234-8000. Tell them Talker Champion sent you. Well, you know, some days they have your number. And that day we didn't play as well as we expected to. And, you know, it wasn't from a lack of confidence. It was lack of production. And they outcoached us. They outplayed us. And uh, their kids won the game. And, you know, all we could do is go back and get in the weight room and try a little harder and recruit a little better and, you know, try to prevent those things from happening again. But that was just a bad day that we tried to all forget. Yeah, yeah. I, I won't let him forget it, though, Tyrone. I won't let him forget it because he told me. He told me. They were going to beat State, and it didn't happen. Well, you know, uh, sometimes we speak bigger than, than than what reality is, but it wasn't from a lack of confidence, I can tell you that. And uh, if I if I didn't think we were going to win, I wouldn't have went out and played either. So I'm sure I had the same expectations, the same thought pattern as he did, and it just didn't work out that day. All right, for this current defense, now that I've gone down memory lane for a second, um, when you look at the group and you're switching over from a 4-3 to a 3-4, what's the biggest challenge there? Well, a guy's accepting the role, uh, guys understanding the scheme, uh, an opportunity for us to get more speed on the field. Uh, these things are all implemented from Coach McIntyre. He, he tries to put our best guys in position to make plays. And uh, ultimately, our number one objective is to stop the run and try to make the teams one-dimensional. And these kids have bought into the system. They're buying into the scheme, and they're they're – Jumping at the bit of everything Coach Mack is instilling in them and the things that it takes to be successful on uh, on Saturdays in the fall. And, you know, from the work ethic and the things that we've seen thus far this summer, then we're headed in the right direction. I'd be remiss if I let you get out of here without asking about recruiting. I know you can't talk about particular prospects, but as far as the Tyrone Knicks recruit, what are you looking for in an outside linebacker? When you're out there on the trail, what criteria does a player have to meet for you? You know, we, we look uh, – who fits our program? Who who fits the Ole Miss uh, tradition? Who's a kid that has a passion and who loves the game? Who's a kid that has a uh, tremendous ability? Uh, he may not be six five, but he may be six four, and he has a chip on his shoulder. And you know, and there's some of these guys that we're recruiting as you know five star guys. So we have a combination of everything. We just want to make sure those guys fit our program and the type of defense that we want to be, defense and or offense. And I think Coach Luke has put us on the right path. We're, uh, we're having an excellent recruiting year thus far. Of course, signing dates in December. And we expect a lot of more great guys to continue to join this program. Now that we're off probation, now that we can go to bowl games again, I think you'll see the recruiting even uh, continue to have more success. I think currently, you know, and this is early, I think they have us like eight in the top 20 in the country. And, uh, you know, that's a big sign, but you still half of those teams in the top 20 are in the SEC. So we still have a ways to go, but we're heading the right direction. It's interesting to me because you hear it all the time that now that Ole Miss is not operating under the cloud of the NCAA stuff, that there's been a new lease on Ole Miss recruiting. Obviously, you weren't here when it all went down, but do you sense that renewed energy? Do you see it out there on the trail? Well, there's no doubt they understand the, the, the history. They understand the success that's been established here over the past six, seven years. And uh, we teach them and we overemphasize that we can get back to that level. All we need is the right guys back in the program. 
And uh, that's what we're in the process of. And, you know, it, it was harder to do. You know, you had a scholarship reduction where you didn't have the same amount of scholarships of the people that you were playing against. And you didn't have the same opportunities to go to bowl games, to play in championships. And those are a lot of dreams of a lot of kids that play other than the NFL. So now that there's no restrictions on us and our hands aren't tied, you see more and more kids who've always had a desire to have some interest in Ole Miss really look hard at it now because uh, it's, it's the sky's the limit. So when you put on that Ole Miss polo for the first time in years, maybe you're going recruiting to the Beacon, to Ajax, I don't know. But was it an out-of-body experience for you? It had to be strange. Well, I tell you what, it felt good to put it on. And most people said, man, you look good. So I guess <laughs> I lost some weight since the last time I put it on. But, you know, it felt like I never took it off because uh, when I left, I kept some gear. And uh, my brother was still here as a rebel. And once you're a rebel, I guess you're a rebel for life. And uh, I took pride in watching Ole Miss continue to play. And I rooted for you guys. Uh, for the Rebels every week I could. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just a blessing to be back here, a blessing to be a part of a great staff. And hopefully we can have the type of success that we had before and even better. You can tell I don't take this too seriously. And I've always wanted to ask you this. You're a big dude. You're a big, strong dude. If you had to go in the weight room right now, could you outbench everybody? <laughs> I tell them I could, but I don't think so. I think I got some aches a little bit. Now, if you see Freddie Roach, he, he spends a lot of time in the weight room. Yeah, he, he cares. There mostly every morning. But yeah. Yeah, he gets me in about 4.30. He tries to try to make me feel bad, so I have to prove to him, even though I'm a little older, I can still hang with the good guys. But, you know, all in all, uh, I think they know I can hold my own. I don't have to get in that weight room and show them. All right, prime Tyrone Nix could bench how much? Uh, Probably 4.25. Good Lord. Good yeah. Lord. What'd you That's squat? Prime. That's prime. That's prime. But what'd you squat? Oh, I gave up on it early. I was about in the five to 600 range. But, you know, I, I reached a lot of goals early, and I didn't push myself the way I should have throughout my career. But, you know, that squatting gets bad on your knees, too, at times. Yeah. But, uh, all in all, that speed makes the difference. And uh, sometimes bulk can be, and depending on the position, not as good, but Obviously, uh, I was blessed in some areas, and I was able to take advantage of it. Okay, does it help your golf game? You know, I, Coach Spurrier made this statement to me, and I, you know, when I worked with him in South Carolina, he said, "Hey, Ty, you're never going to be good until you get off them weights." <laughs> and I later I said, "Why?" He said, "Stiffens you up. You can't get that club back like you need to. You got to get that that club speed and that head through." So I guess it probably hurts my golf game more than anything. But oh. I have played since I've been back. Well, good. Make sure if you do go play with Chuck that you don't let him beat you, because Chuck. He thinks he's like God's gift to golf. He never lets me play with him because he thinks he's so good. Well, you know, Chuck tries to make me look good, or he did in the past when he wrote things about me, so I got to make sure I return the favor. Okay. So if I'm ever fortunate enough to play with Chuck again, we may end up in a tie. What about that? Okay. If, as long as he doesn't win, I'm good. Okay? Just don't let him win. Sounds good to me. He's Tyrone Nix, Ole Miss outside linebackers coach. It was fun, Ty. Thanks so much for doing this. Enjoy your summer. We'll talk again. Ben, it was a pleasure, and I'll be on anytime you need me. Thank you. That was Tyrone Nix, Ole Miss outside linebackers coach, and this is Talk of Champions, brought to you by BNA Bank. I don't know about you, but I want my banking made simple, and I certainly want to trust the people who've got my money. Well, if you're like me, BNA Bank is where you need to go. Maybe you're a student just starting out. You don't know much about personal banking or business banking, loan services. Well, I tell you who does BNA Bank, be it Mike Staten, Bo Collins, Vance Witt. My buddy Bob Spencer, B 
These are friends of the podcast. Ole Miss fans, sure, but more importantly, they care about you. They're going to take care of you. They're going to make sure that your banking experience is done flawlessly, comfortably, and with trust and respect. With a five-star rating from Bauer Financial and an excellent rating from Weiss Ratings, DNA Bank is recognized as one of the strongest financial institutions in the country. But where can you find them? How about bnabank.com? Or give them a call, 662-534-8171, 662-534-8171. BNA's main office and two branch offices are located in New Albany, my hometown, with another branch located in Myrtle, two branches in Tupelo and Lee County, Mississippi, and one loan production office in Oxford. Where you put your money matters. And the only place to put your money, the only place that Ben Garrett puts his money is BNA Bank. So check them out, bnabank.com, 662-534-8171. There's no other place. They've helped me. They'll help you. Tell them Ben Garrett of Talk of Champions sent you. And now, back to Talk of Champions. We don't have any more time. We're done. We spent all our time waxing pseudo-philosophical about why this coverage of LSU is different from Ole Miss, and yet it turned into staring into the endless void of space. <laughs> I found my purpose in life out of all this, though. So we're good. I've got yeah. it's a hell of a Monday. Yeah, Rippy's gonna go enjoy Jello shots. That's that's his purpose. In life. <laughs> that's what he's gonna do. You working on anything in particular? Anything in note? Um, a little bit. I've got it. I'm working on a story about uh, a couple of these two sport guys. Uh, I, I, you know, you sometimes get into a story and then like people won't call you back. So sure. I'm kind of at that point with some stuff. So if it comes through, we might have something this week. We'll kind of see. But really, just like you said, trying to enjoy the weekends before it gets crazy again. Win case, almost basketball assistant coming up later this week. And then next week, Jacob Peeler, a lot of guests coming up on Talk of Champions. Might go back out to basketball practice if I do. Rippy said he might want to go too and check it out. You uh, eager to see how the Ole Miss Rebels in basketball are looking? I actually are because it's when you talk about looking different, I think that's exactly what it's going to be. I mean, they talked about roster attrition and body changes. I'm eager to see kind of what that looks like in its earliest form. Go check out Riley Allen on Talk of Champions last week, Ole Miss basketball strength and conditioning coach. A really fun interview about all the weight Carlos Curry's put on and Franco Miller bench pressing 320 and Brian Tyree is a workout warrior. That was a good interview. So go check that out. Just simply search Talk of Champions in SoundCloud or iTunes or Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, we should be located there. If we're not, then I'll try to get us on there. But, yeah, make sure to subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes, and uh, make sure to leave that five-star review. Thanks for doing this, man. Sorry that it turned into what it did, but, hey, we got out of it. Oh, I I had fun, and I'll have a renewed sense on what my mission is in life. So this was great. This I got I got way more out of this than I thought. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. 
That's what life's all about. In your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive. And that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans, like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at chime.com build. That's chime.com build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com disclosures for details.